This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. When we talk about property and casualty insurance, the first word we literally talk about is property, the dwelling and the land upon which it sits. And whether we're talking about commercial or residential property, the real estate market and the insurance market are inextricably intertwined. You can't have one without the other. Both are very highly value-based, and the higher the real estate value, the higher the insurance premium needed to adequately cover it. So it's a special treat today to be interviewing a national real estate leader and Florida property guru and a friend of mine for many years who is going to share his insight on today's real estate market and its growing connection with the property and casualty insurance market. John Seabury is with us today and he is the CEO of the Missouri Realtors. But before he moved to Columbia, Missouri, he was right here in Tallahassee, Florida for nearly a decade as Senior Vice President for Public Policy for the Florida Realtors. Before that, he was Senior Legislative Representative in Washington, D.C. for the National Association of Realtors. John, welcome to the Florida Insurance Roundup. Thanks, Lisa. It's so good to be here with you today. So, John, we know that real estate creation and increased sales creates more property insurance sales in related lines, such as auto insurance and vice versa. We've been talking on this program about how ongoing national flood insurance program uncertainty could create a hiccup in real estate closings in Florida and throughout the country if the National Flood Insurance Program lapses yet again. There's so much to talk about, but why don't you share with our listeners how long you've been a leader in the real estate public policy arena, and how did you land in this profession in the first place? Well, (laughs) it's a fun story, actually. As you and most people know, I grew up in Kentucky, and I moved to Washington, D.C. right out of college. It was a dream of mine to do that. And I got a job with the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Banking, Finance, and Urban Affairs. Spent two years there thinking I would spend a few more and then head back to Kentucky. But the National Association of Realtors were lobbying us because it was the height of the savings and loan crisis. They had a great interest in what we were doing in the banking committee. And they offered me a job. So the next thing I knew, I was lobbying for the National Association of Realtors, which you know is the largest trade association in the world, now at 1.3 million members. And so I've stayed in that real estate family. That was 1990 when I got to the realtor. So almost 28 years ago that I've been in the realtor association world. A lifetime. A lifetime of dedication for sure, John. And we salute you for what you do and continue to do. So so why do you think the real estate and, and it, the transactions in it are so important to our economy? Every time we hear the economy is booming, we hear that real estate sales are booming as well. In fact, I was reading a National Association of Industrial and Office Properties study, NAOP as they're called, that Florida's real estate, commercial real estate sector contributed nearly $190 billion to our economy in 2017, the third most of any states in the country. And in fact, that study and that indicator is one of several that show Florida isn't just a popular destination for individuals, but also for businesses, and that we were third in spending on warehouse development and construction, 
all things that require insurance to survive. You know me, I'm going to loop it back to insurance. <laughs> of so course. tell us more about why you think and what drives the drivers behind economic development and real estate sales. Well, I'm glad you mentioned economic development because there truly is such an incredible connection. And I tell you, you know, for as long as I've done this, I think one of the places that I learned it most was right when I got to Tallahassee from Washington. I had seen the connection between real estate and the economy and the huge portion of the gross domestic product of this nation that real estate is. But it wasn't until I got here and as you know, when I did arrive in Tallahassee, Jeb Bush was governor mm -hmm. and he had been a commercial realtor. And he pulled me aside, it sort of took me under his wing and said, you know, I, I'm not seeing the realtors as involved in economic development as I would like to see. I go on these trade missions and they wanna talk about quality of life and cost of living because most business people that go on the trade missions are wanting to sell a widget. And he knew real estate wasn't a widget. And he knew that we had to make this connection that if we're gonna bring jobs to our state, whether it's Florida or now any other state in the United States, we have to also be able to talk to them about the quality of life they're gonna have in that area, the cost of living. They wanna know cost per square foot of that distribution facility they're gonna to need to produce or get their widgets out to the country and that kind of thing. So there was this natural connection. And so it was when Jeb Bush invited me to Germany with him on a trade mission that I really got it. And from that point on, of course, it was so successful. I went on every trade mission with him and every governor after that, and now the same in Missouri. Which countries do you see in your travels around the world have the highest interest in Florida? If you were to rank them, let's just say one to five, and what should we be doing for those of us uh, following real estate trends as they affect property insurance, what countries should we be looking for? Well, in Florida, you have a natural link to Latin America and the Caribbean. So that's just very natural for you. That's something that, say, where I am in Missouri isn't a natural connection. I am mm -hmm. an island in the middle of the United States, and we can talk in a minute maybe about how what would be great for Missouri um, and who might have more interest in that location. But for Florida, I mean, it is a very natural thing that your largest interest is coming from Latin America and the Caribbean. After that, Europe, you know, you get a lot more European interest than California, for example, because it's just, it's a more natural connection. Look at where direct flights go, for example. Ah. Look at where students are coming from. And you can wake up in London and be in Miami, Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa the same day. So it's it's a very easy thing, and I think that drives economic development. Gotcha. So location, location, location. Yes, that's very true. Of course, you know, working for the realtors, you hear that a lot, and of course, I say that a lot. But let me give you another example. I know we're here in Florida, and we're talking about Florida, but I'm now traveling, selling Missouri to the world. Wow. And so, when you think about Missouri and where its true Inland. partners are, mm -hmm. um, they're going to be people that want to get their product to market. And Missouri is in the very center of the United States of America. It has two rivers, the Mississippi and the Missouri, that can get products from a coast 
to any inland port in the United States. It has more railway lines than any other state in the nation crossing it. So if there's an economic development opportunity where a European country or a Japanese investor wants to get their product to the largest percentage of Americans in the shortest amount of time, we're selling Missouri. That's actually an interesting point that everybody has international interest. Mm -hmm. You know, you can pick a, a state that's a rural state and everybody thinks, oh, it's only the Florida, Texas, Californias that have this kind of interest, but nothing could be further from the truth. Think about where I mentioned students a few minutes ago. Yes. Every university and college in our United States has international students. Mm -hmm. Their parents oftentimes buy a condo or a, a multifamily unit mm -hmm. for their student to live in and collect rent from other students mm -hmm. while they're there that ends up covering their tuition. Ah. It's a beautiful thing. And so the colleague of mine that will come to me and say, oh, I don't know how you do this. We don't have international investment. Of course you do. Everyone has international interest in their market. You just have to go find it. Interesting. I've talked with FSU, our home college, yes. and uh, President Thrasher has made a concerted effort in empowering his team that works with international students. And one of those team members is a dear friend. And many, you're exactly right, many of those students uh, rent from their parents, so to right. speak. And that is a great hook to uh, leave with our listeners that international buyers can be as common as the students that sit and take classes in our right. domestic universities. Do you see challenges in our country with respect to encouraging international investment? Are there things that we could be talking to, say, our local legislators about or even our federal legislators on ways to encourage uh, and to continue international investment in real estate? Well, of course, there are. There are always going to be challenges. Um, in some places, the challenge is taxation. Mm -hmm. In others, it's um, mm -hmm. local government regulations that mm -hmm. someone coming from a specific country isn't used to. But oftentimes, they're looking for a safe place to put their money. Mm -hmm. So in the case of Florida, a lot of the Latin American investment that you may be seeing is coming from places where they're not very confident in their own currency, and they want to put it someplace that's much more safe, safe, mm -hmm. very, very much more safe. And we know that that's the case. There are also very interesting things. I was just in France at a large commercial expo last month, heard from a Japanese investor that we're now working with that's looking to invest 35 to $50 million in beef production Wow! so that they can, they want the land, 10,000 plus acres. They want the cattle. They want to be able to process it and send the beef back to Japan. Wow. And like many states, there is a 1% cap on international ownership of land in the state of Missouri. So you have to look at these interesting things that come about when you have a project going like this, an economic development project. But let me also say, my colleagues will go to an event like the one that I just mentioned in France, and they're thinking about selling property. Mm -hmm. That's not how I go on a mission like that. Mm -hmm. I think about how are we going to promote jobs and investment mm -hmm. because the property sales and then the insurance on those properties follows. So if we look at things as an economic development opportunity, we create more opportunity. I love it. So you actually elevate the real estate discussion to a more macro level, umbrella level of economic development. That's brilliant, John. And, you know, in closing... What should our listeners think about if they 
are foreign investors, because we have a lot of folks around the world that listen to these podcasts, how do they contact uh, you know the various realtor associations? What should foreign investors think about that want to you know invest their money in domestic soil here? And secondly, from an insurance standpoint, do you see or do you agree that the potential is is huge and almost you know unbelievable, unquantifiable if we continue on this path that you and the realtors are doing in terms of growing the insurance market by growing the international economic development market? Right. Well, first, let me give a, a short commercial for a program that the National Association of Realtors has. Sure. It's a designation called the Certified International property specialist. Uh-huh. So a realtor who of course is someone who is subscribed to a higher code of ethics and is a member of this association versus someone who just has a real estate license, you find a realtor and then if you want to dig deeper, you find a realtor that has their certified international property specialist designation. Gotcha. And there's a database to find those. You can go to the Florida Realtors website or the National Association of Realtors website. Of course, this is if you're looking in Florida and find someone who has that designation. And then they probably speak your language. You can sort them by the languages they speak. Wow. And and that makes doing an international transaction a whole lot easier because a real estate transaction isn't the easiest thing they will do that day, month, year. Having a person who can work with them in their own language, in their own language mm-hmm. makes a huge difference in reading a contract in their own language and that kind of thing. So that, that's an aside, but it's just something that Very you important. need to know. And then your second question. Well, and, and you know, how do we, what do you think the trends will be in from the economic development standpoint? It, do you see it tapping out? Do you think that, that the, you know, the world is our oyster, so to speak, <laughs> and bringing this economic development to our states? Or, you know, you see it going up, going down? What do you see the future? You know, the United States is a place that everyone in the world looks to as a leader. So we may find that right now there are certain things being manufactured in places like Mexico or South America or China that are, you know, it becomes easier for a company to do that because their costs are less. What I'm seeing is we're becoming much more specialized. Mm -hmm. And so let me talk about Missouri for a second, just Mm -hmm. because that's what I know best. Mm -hmm. Missouri focuses on advanced manufacturing. Of course, they've had Boeing for over a hundred years, but now they're looking at things that are, that are very specific to the aeronautics industry. And then ag tech, we're in the middle of the United States. This is where some of the best agriculture technology is being developed, and Missouri is a leader in that kind of thing. And then I mentioned logistics. So I think you'll find that we can become much more specific and we can all be successful. In Florida, you've got tons of beaches and you've got waterways that can get things around Mm -hmm. and you know you have to look at and again the quality of life in florida is very good you have no income tax there are things that are going to be very important for an investor to market um, to get their to get their job done and Mm -hmm. and they're going to look to each of us for what we have that is specific to them but the world is getting smaller and smaller and i think it's going to make sense to not put all your eggs in one basket don't just produce your widgets in that one country halfway across the world, divide it up a little bit, get them closer to where the consumers are. And we need to give opportunities and and let people know that we're open for business. 
as usual, the realtors are leading the way, and I've been privileged to work with you and so many of them around the country, and I, it, it's just a joy to have you here, John, and I am thrilled that you took time to stop by today and do our podcast with us, so I appreciate you being here and, and taking the time to, to, to talk with us today. Of course, Lisa. I really appreciate you inviting me. It's been so much fun, and it's always great to be back in Florida, and especially great to be in Tallahassee today. Thank you again, John. So for our listeners, think about Florida's economy, and we're firmly on the rebound. Opportunities around in our state, and and even in the Southeast in general, are thriving, particularly in the real estate market. And that means growing opportunities to supply the many insurance needs related to real estate growth needs not just centered on the actual properties themselves, but also the new jobs and the economic development created by real estate activity. And it all seems to be a great snowball. Food for thought, indeed, for those of us with our eye on growing our own insurance businesses. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. You can call us and leave your comments or questions for our later reply on air right here on the Florida Insurance Roundup. The number to call is 850 388-8002. That's 8002. And again, we hope that you will take the time to either call and or drop us an email at Lisa Miller at LisaMillerAssociates.com. We'd love to chat with you. Thank you for your listening time today and for being a part of this wonderful uh, discussion and for having John Seabury as our celebrated guest. And as you know, Lisa Miller and Associates has a passion for policy and client success. I'm Lisa Miller. Until next time, be safe. This has been Lisa Miller and Associates Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.